Hello everyone and welcome to the Spacebar Podcast. I'm Pete Robert Short and on this week's episode we're going to be talking about um, customer loyalty uh, but more specifically about how personalization can really help supercharge your loyalty program and also how actually that customer loyalty data can also feed back into your sort of personalizing your customer experience. Given the obviously difficult economic climate that everyone's kind of suffering through at the moment I think loyalty is a very apt subject um, you know trying to keep customers loyal to your brand it means obviously your acquisition costs are lower so uh, loyalty is a great point a great topic to, to talk about um to discuss this um i've got two great representatives from two of space 48 really key partners firstly i'm joined by juju keshmar who is the co-founder and chief strategy officer at antarvo and secondly a guy that i've known for a number of years now uh, as an e-commerce tech partner uh and that's simon mills who's a senior channel manager for the nordics and benelux at blue reach welcome to you both thank you thanks thank for having you. us did I get the intros right? That's always the most important thing. You did, yes. Yeah, excellent. Some of these job titles, when you add the company name, I'm really long, so I'm glad I've, it's always a mouthful. So, <laughs> but yes, thank you for joining me on this today. Um, so before we get into the actual podcast itself and the kind of subject area, um, I will give you guys the opportunity to kind of just talk a bit about the companies for the, for the, for the listeners who don't necessarily know who you are. So um, try and give a non-salesy overview, if that's possible, you can plug yourselves if you want, a bit about the company. So usually you want to go first, you want to talk a bit about Antavo? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so Antavo is a loyalty vendor, a loyalty management platform to run loyalty programs. And uh, we have a couple of very so nice clients here in the UK, KFC or BMW. And globally, we have like great customers we unfortunately can't talk about, but like global fashion houses, big pharma companies, one of the biggest influencers, biggest brand. It's like so nice, and I'm so sad that we don't, can't talk about it yet. Tell us, we'll edit it out. Don't trust me. I'm joking. And uh, <laughs> so, um, um, Antavo is a loyalty vendor, and loyalty programs these days can do so much more than they could do previously, and we help with that. We are a 100-people company, and we've been, we started the business already 10 years ago. Where was the company founded? Whereabouts was it founded? Well, just around the old street, oh, just right. around the corner. Yes, it was uh, four of us Hungarians uh, living here in London, founding this company. And then uh, I'm personally moved back to Hungary. So I flew in from there uh, yesterday for a board meeting. And uh, today, um, uh, the engineering team and the product team um, is still all Hungarian and uh, in the European Union, which is very important for a couple of our customers. Oh, wow. So but wait, we said you flew in for the board meeting. You actually flew in for this podcast. The board meeting was separate, right? That's the board meeting was separate. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah of course. Thank you for that. Um, that was really interesting. I mean, Simon, do you want to quickly give us an insight into Bloomreach? Yeah, definitely. So Bloomreach offers a full commerce experience from search and merchandising and headless CMS, and then also a customer data platform marketing automation suite. So you can kind of take all or, or parts of those different products. So we're working with some really exciting brands such as M Brown Group, Next, Boohoo, to really kind of bring the, the most critical sources of data together. And that's kind of your customer and product, and then use that to deliver a consistent experience across digital channels. Okay, cool. Cheers, Simon. Um, so obviously this whole podcast is around loyalty and obviously personalization, but taking the loyalty sort of side of things first, um, we obviously know loyalty programs have been around for a long, long time. Um, my first recollection is obviously supermarkets with their point schemes and airlines with air miles, et cetera. But usually, obviously, you're probably best place to talk about this in terms of like the, the origination of loyalty and how, given the fact you founded a company around loyalty. Um, when did sort of customer loyalty become a thing? Like, how did it kind of start out and how has it kind of evolved to where it is today? Yeah, so it's been around for a couple of years. Like, 
two, three centuries, centuries. actually. Uh, back then, companies were giving away these small tokens, and then when customers came back, they could redeem it for a next purchase. But so to say, in the past hundred years or so, it, it is very much like spend a dollar, earn a point. It is very transactional at a purchase. It is it is it is similar to couponing these days. Mm. But today, technology allows us to do much more. So you can do other things than rewarding purchases. You can reward actions that are important for your business. Today, you can reward if a customer refers a friend or if the customer makes healthy lifestyle choices, like drinking enough water, for example, or going on a hike. These are things that you can do today or reward if they watch like an educational video about your product. And, and all this with gamification which is a very important source for today's marketeers. Yeah, gamification, I never kind of, now you say it, it makes sense in terms of, again, the rewarding for like doing certain, completing certain tasks. And I feel like we'll get onto this in a bit, but those sort of pound for points or dollar for points reward schemes are kind of maybe not so popular anymore. Maybe with certain, maybe certain instances they are, maybe certain verticals that's still relevant, but I guess in digital commerce, those those examples you talked about, which we'll, we'll get into later are important. So, I guess what what have been some of the to, to kind of achieve some of those things you've been talking about the more like kind of lifestyle driven rewards. What's kind of been an enabler for that to happen? So how how have we managed to move away from just these simple you know dollar for points, pound for points schemes to something like the more elaborate schemes? Now what are some of the enablers that have, have got us to this point? Yeah, so I can share a great example of one of our customers, Bergzeit. Bergzeit is a European mountain wear <coughs> retailer. They are European mountain wear retailer. And uh, they wanted to uh, create a loyalty program that that aligns their values with their customers' values. And they are the ones, from the examples that I just said, who reward if you go hiking. Because mountaineering, hiking, all these hiking years are for the people who have this shared love for the outdoors. And they don't reward an actual purchase or using the product, but they reward living the lifestyle that you like. And the tech enabler for that is, for example, Estrava integration with between Antavo and Estrava. So this is how uh, we know if that person actually climbed that mountain. There are other tools too, like Vertical Life, that is specialized for that kind of activity. So it's, it's basically whatever you can measure, whatever can have a digital footprint could also be rewarded. Another nice example is when you like bring back clothes to recycle, there is a trace of that big companies like H&M does this for a longer period of time already. It's another great example of tracking something and rewarding it. Okay, so the, the, the te technology in terms of where we are now in terms of like, I guess, APIs, the fact that Stra I mean, Strava in itself is obviously relatively new in terms of a platform, um, but in terms of the, the technology and I guess a APIs come into this, but it's actually that, that that's kind of got us to where we are now. And I guess there's an element of, data within that and having maybe greater access to data and customers sharing data that enables some of this as well? Yes, and it's really important these days because the importance of um, first-party data or zero-party data is increasing. Zero-party data is what you ask and the customer gives. Mm -hmm. First-party data is what you figure out based on the customer's behavior. And today we need more zero-party data and gamification helps let me put it in an easier way. They're like gamified profiling questionnaires. Mm -hmm. 
if you fill this out, then you are rewarded for that. So there is an inbuilt incentive within a loyalty program to gather more data so companies like Bloombridge can better personalize. This is why our companies work together so well. We have 10 joint customers, 10. And then um, because these companies understand both the importance of like a loyalty program and generating data and then using it wisely. Okay, so yeah, well, I guess I want to come to you on that, Simon. So from Bloombridge's perspective, you guys are all about kind of customer data, right? And obviously making use of some of the, the, you know, the zero-party data, et cetera, that the just talked about. Um, and I guess it's fairly central to Bloomwich's product offering, right? But how are you using um, like Bloomwich's loyalty data or how the, the data that's available from like Antarvo, how are you using that to then sort of enhance or kind of customize or personalize the on-site experience? Yep, so you're completely right that we're all about kind of collecting, understanding and activating that data. And it's great working with someone like an Antarvo because they, the way they work and the reason you sign up for a loyalty program, you know you're getting something from it. So they're much more likely to actually give data so that could be something as simple as a birthday, which in that case, when it comes to their birthday and they come online, it could be something similar like a, a happy birthday pop-up, something fairly easy enough to do. But then there's more kind of advanced things we can do where we can actually personalise the entire online experience based on tier points. So the, the page you might see is going to differ, differ if you're like a bronze, gold, platinum, whatever that is. But we can also calculate tier points with products. So if you buy this product, that will get you to the next tier. Uh, so it's quite dynamic. So if, if you can identify a customer's already a certain tier and what their maybe level of points are, either a message on the PDP, for example, will say, right, buy this and you're going to get to I don't know, gold. Is that what you're talking about? Exactly, kind of yeah. Example, yeah. yeah. But we can take kind of really any day to be, even if it's the answer to one of the kind of the gamifi yeah, gamification quizzes, and really just to make sure that all those answers, they're going to personalize that experience to them. So we might kind of make certain products more relevant and kind of push them up so they can see them, but maybe downgrade things that we know that they don't like. Have you got um, examples, um, like specific, specific examples of where, say, somebody, again, a customer of yours, maybe, again, personalizing that sort of front-end experience. Let's say they're a platinum customer, top tier of the, the, the reward scheme, whatever. What typically do would a retailer necessarily offer as a, as a reward for that, like on, as part of the on-site experience? Can you have any examples of, of that, maybe? Uh, I know something we do with BrewDog, a lot of theirs is around badges. So yeah. a lot of that isn't so much about points make prizes, but more it's kind of getting them to experience more of the brand, trying more of the beers, going to more of the shops. So we can do things where if they've tried certain beers, let's show them one they haven't done, maybe recommend a bar that's near them to get them in, to go in. And again, not kind of collect points for it, but experience the brand, become part of their culture. And that's what's really important to them as a brand is their kind of culture. Okay. Like education around beers is important for them because these people who are the buyers at uh, BrewDog, they are really, really fond of beers. And this is why BrewDog wanted to create a loyalty program that is based on the discovery of these different beers. And that's a loyalty program without points. So it's a great example yeah. of like this new wave loyalty program, just like BrewDog is a new wave beer yeah, company. Yeah. I want to try and I want to try and get on this podcast again. This my my vision of this podcast was about looking like supercharging loyalty. Like like forget about the old points. I know that exists still, and there's a, there's an element of that still. But like I'm really interested in some of the kind of cool use cases that you guys are talking about. Um, so like how else from a Bloomberg? Can Bloomberg talk about you know search, merch, personalization, CMS? Obviously, you've got Exponia or the. Well, I'm probably not on brand anymore, but that the Bloomberg Bloomberg engagement. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> um, again. How are, you, how are you able to use, again, customer loyalty data in maybe some like in outreach? And how are you 
combining your the data you've got to go out customers, maybe combined with loyalty data as well. Yeah, so I think an interesting thing that we're doing is kind of taking things like customer satisfaction and NPS scores. Because you can be in a loyalty program, but if you've had a bad experience, that's kind of puts you at a big risk of, risk of defecting. So you can kind of segment on who are your loyal customers, but also who's got a low NPS score, and then look to trigger that kind of negative experience to a positive, be it uh, a reward or be it maybe just a phone call to find out what was wrong. Because again, there's so many times where anything could go wrong mm. and that's out the brand's hand. Now, it could be something where you get a delivery and maybe that delivery's gone a bit wrong. It's late, it's, the packaging's bad, it's been broken. Um, or even just going to, you know, you're trying to click on something on the, on the site, the button's not working, you've rage quit, you've left a bad review. But again, it's just about finding that data and then bringing it to the forefront to make sure that just because you're in a loyalty program and even if you're in the same tier as someone else, we're still trying to treat you differently as a single customer, as an individual, rather than just a, a larger cohort. But yeah, you're just not just part of a herd. You're actually yeah. an individual. Yeah, you've got a certain level of tier or reward, but actually there's yeah. still personalization you can do within that. Yeah, completely. I, I think we're kind of moving away faster and faster than points to make prizes. Like for me personally, I won't be loyal just because I get points. Uh, there's a lot of brands where I do subscribe and I'm part of the loyalty member where I keep earning points, but I never use them. I never get to the actual tier mm. I need to get to. But if you offer me an experience, like Gymshark's got an insider program, which is really cool, where you have to interact within the program. So kind of write a bit about yourself, speak to people. And if you don't do certain activities in a certain amount of time, you actually kind of get pushed out. So firstly, you, you want to be part of that community, really mm. involved with it. But there's that also that kind of emotional response of, oh, oh Christ, if I don't do this, I'm, I'm out of the club. I'm left out in the cold. I, I've got some examples. We'll come on to more examples of that a little later on. Um, okay, cool. So we talked a lot about data and sort of personalization, um, but this wouldn't be an e-commerce podcast if we didn't talk about AI. So I'm also keen to know about if there's a way that AI could be used to enhance, again, this sort of personalized loyalty experience. And have you seen any examples of great uses of AI for, for this? It's such an interesting question, and I love this so much, the whole topic, the whole topic of AI. I'm really a big fan of this new technology. I use ChatGPT like five times a day. I, I call this my servant. <laughs> <laughs> That's ChatGPT for me. Because it does whatever I want it to do, so I like it a lot. And it will revolutionize truly our space, not only the loyalty space, but in general, all kinds of marketing technologies. And there is this adoption curve too that First, it will be used by more tacky people. Then it will be used like technology marketing people, like those people who would be like our CRM managers or manager of these technologies. And then the marketeer too. And it will get to a point where workflow editors will not exist because I would just type in as a marketeer, like give 20 points for those people who made their second purchase in June. And so this is how it will look like. And I can't wait to get there because it will open up whole new possibilities for marketeers. We are not there yet, for sure, but we will get there because this is where the future is going, that everyone is enabled, so there is no technology burden. A marketeer without technology knowledge can do that too. Um, for our technology, we've been using AI for a while. Mm. Uh, and it started be before this revolution that started in, I think, October 2022. So, for example, predicting churn, predicting yeah. customer churn is, uh, is very important, especially in a loyalty program. This is how where we use AI. Or 
identifying fraud. It's very important at loyalty programs because loyalty points equal money and you know eventually people will try to cheat and one of the biggest source for these frauds at loyalty programs is employee fraud actually and AI can detect this employee fraud. Well, I've never even thought about that. I, I knew about the use case of, again, the predicting churn and pred predictive, like, you know, when people haven't bought for a certain period of time, they're likely to disappear. But fraud's a really interesting one to spot in patterns like that. I had never really thought about the fact that ultimately, like say, a reward generally equals some kind of yeah. points of sale, sorry, re you know, revenue at some point. That's, that's really interesting. Um, uh, so how about you? Have you thought about this in terms of like the impact of AI? By the way, I should have mentioned, if you mentioned ChatGPT on this podcast, you get fined. Um, uh, sorry, sorry. It's, it's too late now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Simon, have you thought about, again, how maybe AI, we can use AI bots or whatever you want to call it, is influencing kind of loyalty and personalization? 100%. So to, to get fined, uh, we've already integrated like ChatGPT into the platform. So if you're looking to generate like a quick message across any communication, you quickly type in, oh, you know, a, a quick discount for my loyal customers and it will generate that text for you. Then it's you can make a sure it's done. I thought I know, that right? does, this, does this very well uh, acting very quickly. So congratulations on that. Well, thank you. I'd like to take credit for it, but uh, <laughs> realistically, I did nothing. But, um, but then, yeah, then we've also got the predictive models as well that you were talking about. So predicting, are they most likely to buy soon? In which case, let's try and be a bit more proactive and maybe, again, say, like I said earlier, if you buy this product, you move up the tier. Mm. Really trying to communicate with them as quickly as possible to make sure we don't lose them. But also the predicting to churn. If we know that they are going to, what can we do to stop it? Do we call them? Do we message them? What's the best channel with the best communication to bring them back into the fold? Something that we're now trialing is something we're calling smart report assistant. We're in that kind of chat GBT-esque way. Again. You can, <laughs> I know, so many finds for me. Um, it's an engine within Bloomreach Engagement that's going to allow you to create reports even more quickly and easily. So find segments on different types of loyal customers. Are you a deal shopper? Are you likely to shop just in? And then kind of have that kind of created on the fly and then let you start acting on those different segmentations. Okay, so you're using this quite significantly then already, given it... Well, we know AI has been around for quite a while, but you're... Kind yeah, of I think for, for a long while, AI was very much a buzzword. Everyone said they had it, but no one really knew what it was. We've actually started to make it more tangible, which is great. And I think seeing some of these actually kind of use cases in life and seeing people use them in, in our own kind of platform, it's really, really cool. It's making things much, much quicker. And especially at a time when realistically in the market at the moment, we don't have any brands that have loads of marketers with too much time on their hands. <laughs> so to let them actually use the data quickly and then get back more to the, the content, the creative, realistically, the, the fun side of marketing, it's just great to see. Yeah, 100%. And I guess a long may it continue. I'm going to ask you at the end, we're going to talk about potentially the future of this. So we, we might revisit this topic in a bit and see where this might go. Maybe you could, while we're talking, you could go on your laptops and see what ChatGPT says about the future of loyalty. Um, <laughs> but I guess I want to just bring it back to, again, we're here to talk about personalization and loyalty today and combined. But one thing that I always struggle with or try and explain to merchants or trying to get merchants um, across the line with loyalty is when it, they've got a whole omni-channel experience. So online loyalty, great. I'm not going to say it's easy, but it's a lot. It's, it's fair, there's a lot of great platforms on Otago being one of them. So for me, but a successful loyalty program has to be cross-channel. Otherwise, customers just get frustrated because they can't spend the, you know, using the word points again, but get their, collect the rewards. Um, so what, but I guess the question is, in your experience, what are some of the 
challenges of getting omni-channel loyalty programs kind of up and running and sort of then developing the web. And, but also what the benefits of if you get it right? It only has the benefits. If there is no omni-channel experience, it has no benefit, unfortunately. And people know that. Companies know that. And this is why, for example, they come to us because they just can't do better with their existing system because they are stuck with the, they are stuck with their legacy platforms. Because obviously they want to have this omni-channel experience. There are multiple ways to identify the customer in the store. And this is the big challenge of an in-store loyalty program, like how do you do that? So there's the old school loyalty card, the plastic card that you need to store somewhere and you have like 20 of it and you forget what it is and so on. Or there is a way when you tell a bit about yourself, like your identification is your phone number or based on your name. Or there is when you have the pass, the mobile pass in the wallet that you just talked about as an identifier, which is an easy way to identify customers because it's native functionality mm -hmm. on the phones and um, it's the same technology that's used for the boarding passes when you download the boarding pass oh, yeah. people know that it can update almost in real time it can show you your point balance it's not only a card but besides cards that could be like coupons to generate it um, even nfts can be um identifiers in an omni-channel loyalty program within the store but uh, it's more about the online experience and it's not only mobile and online and in-store but other places too like um uh there is a loyalty program on wechat you know okay that's again another channel uh so it has these various various elements and usually when we are working with our customers, it's very important to have a trusted agency partner who actually implements the loyalty program um, because they are the front end and the powered engine. It's always very tailored to the specific case, how that front end should look like. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned kind of partner or an agency to implement because the, the thing that we always run into is it's usually like a legacy sort of front end point of sale solution that the business has got and maybe they've got it across a hundred stores it's been in there for 20 years trying to tie sort of an in-store then transaction up to the loyalty program whatever the, the, the whatever the earning store to go online we always find that really difficult and it usually comes back to i guess sort of implementation integration some kind of te technical challenge we have to solve so but it sounds like you guys have got plenty of use cases and i think you guys kind of relish that sort of omni-channel challenge right don't you yes Definitely. Um, we came from the direction, so we came from um, helping e-commerce companies first, but pretty quickly we expanded that and we help retailers. And it's a, it's it's usually our sweet spot is if it's really an omnichannel experience, not only e-commerce, but not yeah. only in-store. If companies have both, then it means that they're advanced enough technologically that they would take a very good use. They would have a very good use of Antavo. Yeah, and I guess I, when I talk about on the channel, like I'm not just talking about, um, like you said, it's in store or online. You've also got that, like you said, the Strava example, which I absolutely love when yeah. I always come back to it again. That for me is another channel where you're getting data and collecting data and rewarding customers with doing yeah. something in another channel. I think that is really, really smart. I think it's. Uh, there is another example with Rip Curl. Rip Curl is the okay. surfing gear. Yeah. And they don't only create this surfing gear as like the surfboards and stuff, but this watch that surfers use and they are also a customer and 
in that loyalty program, you can be rewarded for surfing. So it's another aspect, not only is Java as an app, but an actual device that is used in the whole experience. That's really smart. I, and I, I said before that at the start, I, did, I didn't want this podcast just to focus on the old traditional reward schemes. So when you're working with customers and talking to customers, what are some of the things that um, you potentially make, need to make, try to consider to sort of make their loyalty program stand out? You've given, you know, we talked about Strava, we talked about Ripco there. There's, like how, who traditionally presents those ideas? Like is it the customer set coming to on time saying, hey, we've got this great idea? Like, how, like that's really out of the box thinking. Like where, where's that coming from? Like what, how are you, what's the thought process? Like is it thinking about, you know, who your customers are, where your customers are, where they're spending the time? Like have you got a, I say a formula for this, but you're obviously asking the right questions to get to yeah. this point. So can you talk us a bit through about how you're enabling this and how you're kind of opening these ideas up? Yeah, so there are usually three sources for that, I think. One source is, yes, Santavo, they come to us, we can inspire them saying what is possible with technology, we can do that. But the second and third, third source are even more important. The second source is the customer itself, the brand itself because they are the ones who know themselves the most and there are these ambitious people working there, sometimes a marketeer, sometimes a loyalty manager, sometimes a head of loyalty, which is always very nice to have a job title mm. like this. And in a third case, it comes from a consultant because there are these loyalty experts, customer loyalty, certified loyalty marketing professionals. These are CLMPs. There is like a, a title like that okay. because there, there are trainings for this part of the customer experience and marketing, there, there are the CLMPs who are knowledgeable in the field of loyalty programs. And of course, um, we are working with, with these CLMPs, agencies. Um, agencies can go from one person agency still like Deloitte or Accenture, so like very big companies mm -hmm. to create these new concepts. Okay. So You've touched on a few examples there. Simon, from your point of view, um, uh, in terms of like sort of out-of-the-box thinking as such, some of the concepts that Juju talked about from a loyalty point of view, are you seeing any kind of like, you've talked, gave some examples before, but any customers you've got that are really kind of like pushing the boundaries of what they're doing with Bloomreach with, with regards to loyalty as well in terms of like messaging or the way that they're promoting uh, claiming rewards or c collecting rewards kind of as part of the customer journey? Um, so something to actually do when they're kind of collecting data to help kind of fuel kind of loyalty and even uh, retention and also kind of activation of it. We can even take data from, I've completely forgotten the name of the brand now, but it's, um, oh, it's an online retailer. They don't really do much. Um, so offline retail, where they don't really do much of online apart from it's more of a, somewhere you can go look find a store and so we can even take data like wi-fi they get someone to go in store register on the wi-fi and if that then isn't really registered at the till then we'll get pinged to a call center so they can have more of a personalized approach to someone to actually contact them get them to buy get them as a customer and that's the start of the kind of loyalty there get them okay. initially and then kind of do that with more kind of follow-ups it's oh, I'll remember the name. Like, well, that is it at the end. Yeah. It's fine. Um, okay, that's an interesting one. I, I, just as a broader question, then, and, and again, I know you've caught some kind of great brands already, but can you think of any other brands you know of kind of like 
doing this really well. And the reason I'm asking this question is because I want I want our listeners to be inspired about what they can achieve. Again, you've given some great examples. So what what brands or retailers or other ones are kind of offering this kind of like enhanced, you know, loyalty? Like what what and what are they doing that makes them stand out? Um Maybe if you use examples, the, I don't the, know. The, the first example that I would mention is is Starbucks. I know it's like Starbucks is an example to things that are done well usually. And so I hope that I will not bore you with this one. But Starbucks has this experience, this this initiative when they launched NFT loyalty cards and NFT rewards. I'm not sure that this is something that it will. Be, I'm not sure that this will be successful. But it's so nice to look at them to see how they experiment. And with big companies, oftentimes they don't take these risks. And it's great to look at Starbucks because they are taking the risks. This is why I think the Starbucks loyalty program and their whole way of, way of working mm. is inspirational. The second example is Marriott Bonvoy, which is, the, like a, of course, a big company. It's a big traditional company. But what they do very well is the selection of their rewards. They are very smart about it because it's not only like a free hotel night that they have anyway, but they use a bunch of partner rewards. And partners are very happy to team up with Marriott Bonway, actually. Maybe Marriott charges them <laughs> a lot for that. I don't know. But that's an opportunity for every loyalty program owner out there to use rewards from partners. For partners, it's access to a new kind of database and kind of promotion opportunity. We have a customer who does this very well, Louisa Villaroma, they are in luxury fashion. And for the company itself, it's a, it's a better selection of rewards. And our numbers show from our own research, the Global Customer Loyalty Report, that we, are, that we already produced for the second year now, and it reached like 8,000 marketeers, which wow. blows my mind. It's very nice that the ROI on those customers who redeem personalized rewards is like four times more than those who don't redeem personalized rewards. And the third example, inspirational example about loyalty programs that I wanted to share is from KFC, from our own customer. So KFC um, relaunched a loyalty program here in the UK, the Arcades loyalty program. Mm. And the idea behind that was that they didn't want to reward those even more who are already um, loyal customers, but they wanted to open up uh, to those who can become a loyal customer. And this is why they created this gaming experience, the KFC Arcades, where people will want to play this and they just wanted to achieve that craving for chicken. So if you play that, you have that craving for chicken. <laughs> and then you easily get a reward. It's very easy to, to get the first reward. Mm. So you go in and redeem or you place your order online. And I think it's such a nice experience. And this year, uh, they are listed in uh, listed as a, on the shortlist on so many loyalty awards because it's such a nice case. I want to go and try that out now. Like I, you, you've touched on two brands there that I'm big fans of. Starbucks, which I am a member of there, I'm a sucker for their loyalty program. Like you said before, like you get you don't want to feel that fear of missing out and getting kicked off the program. But KFC is another big fan. Of, a big yeah, fan. So of. the craving for chicken worked even just we talked about it, right? See, now I want to go and get a chicken after this podcast. Should we go get some KFC <laughs> and Starbucks after this? Um, I think some of the interesting ones I've, I've kind of come across personally. So there's Astrid and Miu, so a kind of London-based brand. What they're very good at is actually kind of collecting data. So we go, oh, if you leave as a reward, we'll kind of give you this. If you do X, do that. 
getting more and more data and then actually using that to start marketing to, to newer customers as well. Another good one, still staying on food, is Chipotle, where as part of their loyalty program, they could do continuous like customer satisfaction scores, always looking to improve and optimize their own journey as well. And my personal favorite is actually Amex, where A, although I said, you know, points make prizes isn't always the way forward, I do use their points a lot to buy through Amazon. But as well, because they, they partner with, with different brands, if you shop here, you get 15% cash back. Shop here, you get 20% cash back. So quite a lot, I'm actually in the app mm. looking for brands yes. that I might want to shop with. And I think that's a really, really innovative way about partnering with, with more to create more of, more of a culture in it. Yeah, we identified three brands that are innovative in this customer loyalty report 2023, and Amex was one of them. Yeah. Because they do very well. They will pioneer card linking. Yeah, they are pioneering. Oh, they are too. Yeah, I mean, I, listen. Don't get me wrong. Like points make prizes is a thing. Like I, I, I said before, like off, off before we start the podcast, that about fifteen years ago, I used to fly with Virgin quite a lot. I've been abroad. This is and I've not flown with Virgin for yeah, probably fifteen years or whatever. I bought the holiday recently with with Virgin. Hot Virgin. I was like, I checked. And I was like, I've, I've still got air miles. Fifteen years I've had air miles and they haven't expired them. Oh, and I was like, that was like, I couldn't believe. It. I was like, sure, like. I'm not a loyal customer. Well, I guess I've lapsed as a loyal customer a long time ago, but the fact they've kept that going for me, I was like, I've quids, I've saved an absolute fortune. I love this so much. Point expiration is usually, it's super important and it's part of, it's a big part of our solution. Mm -hmm. But now you're talking about a great experience when points don't expire. It's a surprise, right? From yourself 16 years ago. I love this Absolutely. So like, again, but I've, 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 I mean, I've always had a good when years ago I had a good experience with Virgin. So again, I've, I've kind of say I've never had the opportunity to fly with them again. It's not that I haven't lapsed as a loyal customer; I just haven't had the opportunity to do it. But when I've come back to them, I'm being now rewarded for kind of going exactly. back, which is yeah. So that's an umbrella loyalty program. I don't know if you've ever heard this phase, phrase, and it's a, like the same company group and it's multiple services that you can use so for example you earn something by flying but you can spend it on staying at a hotel okay umbrella loyalty program Mate, okay. it's an industry term okay i've learned something today see if I, at least even i've learned something today which is which is good um okay we've talked about some good examples um but when i also this con- podcast being slightly controversial sometimes i try to make it a little bit more interesting um what are some examples of like loyalty programs that just generally suck like they just don't take off or don't, or maybe you'd have to give specific examples. You can call, I'm happy to call merchants out if you want to, but um, maybe not your own customers. But can you give some examples of like maybe why loyalty programs don't take off and why they just don't ever gauge any traction? Maybe you've got some actual examples, I don't know, but what are some of the reasons for failure of like loyalty programs, why they don't get any traction? I think this is really connected to when things are taken away from customers and they are offended by it, even though, if they were not using that service that much, they still feel offended. This is why you need to be very careful with a loyalty program and start maybe small and then gradually grow. Because if you if you start with everything and you take things away, mm-hmm. it can be very, very painful for customers. And there um, there is this uh, recent case with Betros when uh, there was, a, a, as a loyalty member, you could have this piece of newspaper uh, that, that you, you were eligible for, but they thought that like no one really reads this newspaper that much, so they took this away and there was a whole backlash after that. that people actually wanted that newspaper <laughs> as they were loyalty members, entitled for that. Entitlement is really mm. goes with loyalty programs. Another example is with ASOS. 
ASOS changed their loyalty program a couple of years ago, and they basically removed their loyalty program. But it was before Black Friday, they shoot themselves in the foot. Now they have something uh, different um, that includes free shipping, which I think can be a very valuable thing. But I, back then it was a lot of conversation when it happened. Like for example, recently Boots changed their loyalty program, the redemption rate or mm -hmm. uh, the, yeah, it, it got a bit different. Yeah. And newspapers wrote about it because it was so big. Taking things away is very painful. Taking things away from loyal customers, you mean? It, yeah, the, yeah. I, I, I think I've heard about those examples where the points you get mean less. I think that's that. I mean, that's straight from Starbucks again. Not so long ago, changed their sort of membership award scheme where you had to earn, you had to spend more, get more points to get the gold member, which we before, which is again frustrating. But it, I'm still a sucker for it. I'm still loyal. But you're right. It's taking things away. People are quite. I've, if I've, I've invested my loyalty in you as a brand, and you start taking things away from me. That's yeah. I can see how that's frustrating. Yeah, I, I fly a lot from, uh, for work and I always use BA, that's kind of my go-to airline. And I'm, I've had some pretty bad experiences with them recently through cancel flight delays, which generally is out of their hand. But because I fly so often, I'm really close to going to the next tier, into gold. I'm 10 points away, but it expires next week and I've, I've nowhere to travel. And the fact so that I'm about to lose that, to that, it's <laughs> driving me crazy. And I've honestly been thinking like, do I just book a flight and just like go to Scotland to get it? Is it cheaper or, to keep the plane for the flight and to get the next tier? Well, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Or do I just lose it? And because I've had the bad experiences, just kind of start somewhere from scratch. If I'd only been like 40 points into the 600 I needed, I think I could live with it. But it's the fact I'm so close. Yeah. Oh, it, Maybe you can you know, been... try email them if they're smart loyalty marketeers yeah. over there. Yeah, if you're like... listening to the human <laughs> mills. <laughs> Okay, two sort of final questions we just to wrap up. And this, this again, this next question is because it comes from my previous experience being in retail. Um, we've talked a lot about personalizing loyalty programs and, and using customer loyalty data to help personalize the on-site experience. But if you're a retailer who whose products don't really lend themselves to loyalty, so it's maybe like a one-off purchase, maybe you're a sofa company, a kitchen company, a bathroom company, or something like that, where it's a, a purchase you make once every, I don't know, 10 years maybe. Is there a way of still offering a form of loyalty and keeping customers loyal to your brand over kind of a sort of, you know, five, 10 year period? Like how, is it possible and, and how, how can you do it? We have one great example for that. Uh, that's with BMW. So like making a decision to use BMW uh, in this case, because it's for company car drivers in the UK. Uh, it doesn't occur, occur too often. So this is why it's a nice example for that. And um, what they have for that is maybe less like a loyalty, but more like a rewards program because their objective, BMW's objective is that next time this person has the opportunity to choose a company card, then they should choose BMW. And the way they do that is that they want to expand this BMW car driving experience to other aspects of life. So for example, when you are uh, driving, then uh, you can grab a cup of coffee at Costa and it's part of the loyalty program. Oh, okay. Or there are these sweet sticks for Harmon Kardon. So that nice sounds that you can experience in the car can be experienced at home. I really like these rewards and the whole um, example that BMW is setting for those companies who have this very low purchase frequency. 
so it's possible but i guess it's again thinking a bit outside of the box in terms of like really sort of thinking it through um yeah so i suppose there's more traditional ways of just like the, the follow-up service you know kind of warranties servicing things like that uh referrals getting them to to maybe get their families they move out to to buy a bathroom or a kitchen things like that but i think we were speaking earlier about maybe even using the people that do install these and having the target uh, the loyalty targeted more at the actual servicemen than the buyers mm. so if you install x amount of kitchens maybe you get something yourself and then again just kind of thinking to expand outside from just the traditional customer yeah that's a yeah it's a really good point i guess and ultimately then the tradesman could potentially then reward their customer for mm. you know using their recommended provider or whatever yeah i guess it's doable I, it's just something that personally when i was clients i always struggled with is like how can we create a loyal customer and generally we fell back to referrals as our version of loyalty because yes. it's it, that's kind of a, just another form of kind of getting customers in the door and showing you're loyal by referring a friend or a and obviously the keep on referring customers and keep referring as you know every time you meet a new friend or family member it's like it's a form of loyalty I suppose but it's just slightly different take on it so yeah. okay last question and like I said before this is time to get crystal balls out um what does the future look like for loyalty especially around guess, customer loyalty and maybe personalization combined I mean we just touched on on sort of AI and stuff before but um what do you guys see as coming next? And maybe there's things you're working on. I don't know you can tell us or you can't, but anything in your heads that's sort of standing out as like in you know, the next sort of two or three years when we're going to see a shift, change or a shift in the way that loyalty works? We asked a specific question in our big report, the Global Customer Loyalty Report. And there were multiple things that people are expecting, like partner rewards, we talked about that, or card linking, we talked about that too. But there is one outstanding that I think is so great that we are going in that direction. It's supporting good causes, supporting ESG initiatives of the company. And it goes hand in hand with what we just talked about, how a loyalty program can go outside of rewarding purchases, but rewarding healthy lifestyle choices. So just as an example, when this customer of ours worked out would like to encourage healthy living, active outdoors living, that they do this through a loyalty program. Yeah. Or when H&M has this objective to increase um, recycling of, of used clothes or just in, in, in any clothes, it's not necessary from H&M, but the whole fashion industry should be focused on that. Mm. Then they use this as a great opportunity and make it part of their loyalty program. So. And also it's a great chance for marketeers to increase their budgets because the company may have this budget for ESG causes, then it can be spent within the loyalty program for better structures, better rewards. So I would say that this is where loyalty programs should be going, will be going. And it's not only good for the earth and these good causes, but it's also good for business. That makes total sense. I guess. I guess the thing with that is everybody, everybody wins out of that. I suppose. Like it's really smart, and yeah, that again, the way the shift that we're seeing, especially with regards, are we on Gen Z now? Gen Z. I can't remember where we're up to now. I'm, I think I'm millennial, but again, that whole shift towards sustainability, and we see, we talk about and hear about it all the time. I think I know that a lot of young, the younger generation will quite have maybe potentially spend more money with a brand because they know that that where they're buying the products from sustainable, etc. They're quite happy to do that. So that perfectly lends itself into that. And, and the future is there too. Gen Alpha is coming up. These are uh, the children. They are children now who were born, born between 2010 and today, basically. I have three Gen Alpha kids. And they tell me if 
we should we should make these more ecological choice and especially it's rewarding in the loyalty program i hear this from them crazy time works on them and it's you know it's in in this game it's multiple company multiple parties involved it's not only that gen of a customer and the parent who is a buyer that's the other one so it's like multiple parties in in this purchasing game wow I never thought my kids are being gen alphas, but yeah, I'm the same as you. Wow, okay. Um, follow that, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> Zero gen alphas. Um, yeah, from, from my perspective, I suppose it's like the growing capacity of AI to, to really shape the future of online and offline shopping by being able to understand the customer in much more detail than we ever had before. Like I was saying earlier, are you someone who's always going to shop like the products have just come in? Or are you looking for a discount? Are you looking for a deal? And then communicate them on such a, a different and nuanced level and really tailor it to the individual. And it's only going to be easier for marketers to be able to do that with the, the technology that's evolving and coming out at the moment. We um, And to do a slight plug, we are exploring what the future looks like at the Edge Summit this August to pioneer the next phase of AI-powered commerce. Do you want to give any more details? You're probably here. I'll send in the follow-up. Okay. <laughs> well... I was going to say that was a good place to finish, but I think the other point was... No, I'm joking. Yeah, that was good. Well, we'll <laughs> we, we, that was, it's been really insightful. That, um, again, there's a lot... I, I feel like we've gone for a lot longer with this in terms of discussing uh, loyalty and, and what's coming next, but it's been really insightful for both of you. So I really appreciate you both coming on, and it's great to hear about how Antarva and Balloon Reach are, are partnering together to sort of deliver some of these great loyalty experiences. So, um, But yeah, thank you for coming on. I've learned a lot today from both of you, so thank you. Thank Thanks for having us. But just before we go... Talking of plugging, there is one last opportunity to plug Antara's loyalty report, which I've read and it's very, very impressive. Oh, really? Yes, I have. So nice. I've kind of, I have to. You re- told me that. I research think. for the podcast. I just say right? happy. Yeah, I have to. I have to research oh. the podcast. But it is generally, if you're looking at loyalty, you don't know what to do with loyalty, where to come next, you want some actual hard data to back up some inspiration, some yeah. ideas, go and download it. You can get it directly from Antara's website or connect with yourself or as usual on LinkedIn, and we can sort you out with that. So, but yeah, that one last final plug for you. So, thank you. But now that's it. Thank you for listening. Take care, stay safe, and we'll catch you on the next one. You've been listening to Spacebar, a podcast brought to you by Space48. We're a UK-leading CX and e-commerce platform specialist. If e-commerce content's your thing, then please be sure to subscribe to hear more. Do you like what you've heard or is there room for improvement? Please leave us a review and let us know what you think. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode.